Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today are Swim Swam co-founders, Braden Keith and Mel Stewart. And that is right, folks. We are here to break down the 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo. We are bringing you our top races and giving you the full preview of what to expect next week from Tokyo. in this podcast the first three days of action to give you a little preview of the biggest races coming right out of the gate from the 2021 olympic games Braden, mel we're starting with the women's 400 free relay the question is simple will anyone beat australia and dethrone the reigning olympic champions uh, I don't think so. I mean, when you look at the field, if the U.S. was second last time um, with with Simone's overtraining and and nobody really kind of moving up to the next rung in the ladder, um, and then you know Canada, Taylor Ruck is having some problems. Great Britain is probably a leg or two short. It's just um, Australia probably doesn't even have to be at their best. You know, they've, they, we all know about the, some of the problems that their sprinters have had individually, but those don't seem to show up as much in relays. Um, Emma McKeon is swimming. Well, I, I don't think Australia even has to be within two seconds of their world record to win this. I think they're just going to, going to blow everybody away. Yeah. And this race also worth noting at, uh, at Australia's Olympic trials, they had four women go 52 at us had none uh we i think we have a history of of you know performing well at the olympics and maybe even better but yeah it's it's not looking good um i think the netherlands might be you mentioned they're they're too late late too short but yeah they i don't think they have 452s and that seems like uh, that seems pretty possible of what you're going to need to the only the only chance anybody has is, is if the pool in Adelaide is not actually 50 meters long, um, which has been a, a popular conspiracy theory in the comment section lately. This is a wah, wah Team USA conversation you guys are having. And, 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 and I want it that I'm going to have to back you up on it. In, in the past, we've always seen that Australia has performed on their island continent. And then they, they, on balance, they don't necessarily perform when they're, when they're, when they're leaving but I think they have the benefit of being in the same time zone. And um, I think that's a little bit too hard to overcome. And it's, it, it uh, you know, I'll leave it there. If Mel Captain America Stewart is picking Australia, you know it's a real pick. I can't believe that I'm picking Australia because I'm going to hear about this from old Olympians. They're going to be like, Mel, what's going on? And like, you're going to hear about this from old American Olympians. Correct. I am. I am, and, and and they're going. They're going to be upset about it. And the the reality is, I I, I did get past calculus, so I have a, I have a little bit of background in math, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I have a quick follow up question on this. Do you, do we think Simone will be on the finals relay? Finals relay. I'm saying yes. I think I, she's got to swim prelims to earn the spot. I don't think they give her the final spot. 
Um, I think she's got a, I think she's got to swim prelims. And what I mean, at, with this relay we've got, she'd have to on a rolling start be 53-5 in prelims to 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 make the team uh, to make the finals group. But I think she's got to swim it in prelims. And she doesn't have a lot of races, so why not have her swim it in prelims? I don't, I don't know where her head's at. I mean, I, I think that she's gone through so much stress and trauma over the last year. I think that's really what, what was baked into the trials performance. But uh, if she swims prelims, I think she's on the finals relay. So you think she'll do what she needs to do in prelims? I think that she will. This is what I think. I think when you go into the bubble of the pressure of the Olympic Games, um, your you know, it just, you just, you see people crumble. You see them that what they, it's like, it's like you go to Disneyland with them. Cause that's what the Olympics is like. It's like this big corporate Disneyland. Everyone starts looking all over the place. They, they, they do everything. They, they're in every little social get together and their energy goes down. Their, their head isn't in the race. And, uh, and that's not going to be a problem for her. Um, so she sims prelim. Well, it's not going to be much of a problem this year because everybody's everybody's in a bubble anyway. There's no there's no distractions. Yeah, that's right. So that's that's a good point. Just in 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 pat in the past. Here's the, I was just explaining this to somebody who's a non-swimmer, and they're like, "What? Tell me about the Olympics." And I'm like, "Hey guys, this is the deal. What you realize on your first Olympics, and and sometimes it takes you two Olympics to get past this." and to really swallow this nut is that you're going to a massive corporate convention and you are the sideshow and it's really uncomfortable and it's not fun, you know, and, and swimmers are uh, globally are used to being in a cushy lifestyle. Um, you know, short trips to the venue, uh, staying in a hotel and, and, and it's so it's, it's, it's a problem, but this time around, I think you're, you're correct. That's going to factor in. And that's, uh, you might see some younger swimmers pop with some great performances. Can we, can we digress for a minute? Colin, I'm going off, off schedule. So I think there's an interesting psychology happening this year. And I think this could hurt the Americans big picture. Um, the U S without getting too political in the U S COVID is over for all intents and purposes, the pandemic is over. In Japan, the pandemic is still very real, even though their cases are far lower than ours. When I looked at social media um, from, from the US team in Hawaii, I saw some things that looked to me like young people who have been cooped up in their houses and are now getting this chance to be with their peers and I saw distractions. I saw a lot of distractions. I saw, um, you know, I saw pictures of athletes downing 1500 calorie milkshakes that I wouldn't think you'd be, be drinking 10 days before the Olympics. You know, it's one thing to have a scoop of ice cream, but you know, I, I just saw distractions in Hawaii uh, and it's Hawaii. Everybody, you know, everybody's on vacation in Hawaii. Um, and now that they're going to Japan, you know, Again, I think when they're just Team USA, it's going to continue to be a little free, but a lot of those things are going to go away. And so it's like they go to Hawaii, they're on vacation and training and on vacation and training, and now they go to Japan and they're sort of going to be snapped back into the thick of pandemic restrictions and lockdowns and, and hotel to venue and all that stuff. And I wonder how that psychology is going to play out for the Americans because no other countries 
have loosened up as much as we have. So no other athletes are going to be dealing with this sort of, I don't think this sort of, you know, whiplash back and forth between open and pandemic and open and pandemic. These are all unknowns. We, we don't know how it's going to play out. We don't know what, what sort of pressure Diaceto is dealing with in Japan. We don't know what, uh, you know, if, if there's a country that's been really locked down, Canada has been, has been extremely strict. Uh, we don't know what the effect's going to be. Uh, Cause this is, this is, you know, we get these once every hundred years. I will say this when you're, when you're traveling with, with a national team, it is an ecosystem. You are an Island and you can, you can survive and subsist on that social interaction because it's um, that, that, that works. And I think that that's positive. I think that people, I think that keeps people from getting uh, depressed because there's always someone to talk to. There's always someone to mentor you. But uh, I do think it's funny that, um, that basically the, the athletes went on their training camp and I, I would have hate, I would have hated to have been admin or, or a manager because the, the concept of hurting, hurting kittens went up tenfold. And it looked to me like it was like, woo, we're on vacation. It's uh yeah, I almost got kicked off the 1988 Olympic team out of training camp in Hawaii because of a toilet paper bomb incident. And, um, where my roommate, Lars Jorgensen at the University of Kentucky cried. Mel Stewart didn't cry. If he tells the story, he maybe he cried. But the uh, we almost get kicked off the team. We Follow were, up podcast. We were threatened. We were threatened with that. But I, I do think that people make mistakes. And um, but that goes into the whole concept of like going to an Olympics and the the high, the excitement of it and and the Disneyland aspect of it and who stays focused and who doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, worried. I'm worried about everybody. I'm worried about the Olympics being not as fast. Which is funny because we've seen so many fast swims around the world. Um, Australia being a great example to bring it back full circle. But at some point, at some point, everything comes crashing down, right? At some point, the, the house of cards can only stand for so long. So on this topic, let's go ahead and get it out of the way. No fans. Uh, I mean, what this is going to be like that, that dual meet that we had in, in, in high school where the coaches are cheering on the side. It's like, can the teams bring enough energy to that arena to create and, and, and to create the kind of emotion that you need to pop fast swims? Is that possible? And I've got a story well, for that one too. Well, and will, did anybody cry in this story? I hope so. Um, will anybody, Will Japan see the home team pop? That's the question for me. And that's something we discussed when doing our previews because the host team always gets a little bit of a boost across sports. And I guess we, we don't really know if that's because they're local, they're familiar with the venues, or if that's because the crowd gets behind them. Um, and we might find that out this year. Um, I, I don't know. I think it matters to an extent. But, you know, so much of swimming – is also controlling the emotion and sticking to your race plan and all that stuff. How many, how many records have we seen broken in time trials with nobody in the stands? You know, I think it could matter more in basketball. I think it could matter more in other sports than it will in swimming where it's, it's about coming in with a plan and executing that plan the way that you've trained it a thousand times. I'm going to share one moment in history. This is applicable. Uh, back when, before the pan, when the pan Pacific championship started, it was a pan Pacific games. 
everyone wanted to go to the Pan American Games because it was on network television. If you were in the United States, Canada, you, you wanted to go to the Pan Am Games because you it was like going to the Olympics, but it wasn't as fast. So we go to this competition called the Pan Pacific Games, now Pan Pacific Championships. We go to Tokyo. We're in Tokyo in the 1964 Olympic pool. No fans. Huge arena. Zero energy. The meet is four days. For three days, it sucks. Like, it is slow. I mean, people are walking around going, this is terrible. Nobody's swimming fast. I've had more exciting. I've been to more exciting dual meets in high school. And all the captains from the national teams uh, got together and had a meeting. So all the older teammates got together and said, we got we to turn this around. From all the countries? All the countries, all the countries. And they said, we've got to cheer for everyone. We've got to create an atmosphere. And they did. It, and the experience that we went in there and acted like it was the greatest competition that had ever been in history. And people went nuts. And on the final day, of the first Pan Pacific Championships back in, God, that was 19, that was the second one. It was 1989. There were four world records. So energy can be created. And I'm wondering if they're going to do the same thing. I'm wondering if teams are going to get together and go, look, we got we to gotta, we gotta hold hands and we got to be in this together to make this exciting and create the energy. But, you know, there's this whole thing with some of the swimmers where the best teammate you can be is by going home and recovering, not staying and cheering. There's a lot of American teams that hold that philosophy. Um, I think Cal is, is kind of famous for that philosophy. So will they want to adapt that philosophy? And depending on when you're listening to this podcast, there have been murmurs. We're recording this Friday morning. Um, there have been murmurs now that if the COVID situation turns around quick in Japan, that they might start letting fans back in. So it's, this conversation could become mood again. It's, it's, but this is, this is the COVID pandemic, right? One day to the next, everything changes. So we'll see. Take us back to the pool, Coleman. Well, I, on, also on that note, I think because there's no fans allowed because people have to, and teams have to stay so isolated. I think it's, it would be a lot harder for, for teams from other countries to gather or unite in any form, right? That I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just, it's harder to, to, to have contact with other people because of but they're all connected already because of things like the ISL. So they're, they're all on big WhatsApp threads. And I, I, I think that there are digital ways for them to connect um, whether that's as effective as, as putting the captains together in a room is up for debate, but I'm sure they're all in contact. That's a good point. Okay. <laughs> Back to the pool. Uh, on day two, some of our biggest races, I think day two is a huge, huge day. We start with the women's 100 fly. Will Sarah Shostrom swim it? Uh, I'm going no. I think, um, I think she's been good. I think she's been looking better than um, – Anybody thought she would have coming out of that broken elbow, uh, but the women's hundred fly is getting good. She, you know, even before the broken elbow, she had the back problem um, and she didn't win the world championship in 2019. So I think if she is going to um, look at her meet and evaluate her best medal chances and focus on them, I think the 100 fly is probably 
the least likely event, it feels weird to say, but because she was so dominant for so long, I think that's the least likely event for her to win. So I think she will not swim it. I, I, I don't see her swimming it. However, I'm, I'm, it's when, I, when I see this event, I'm, I'm completely compromised because I feel like we've been covering Maggie McNeil for so long and I'm such a huge fan of hers and I'm torn between Maggie and, and Tori. But uh, they're both going to be on the podium. It's just, it's this, race, this, this is the race where you're, on the, where you're on the couch and you're eating the popcorn and, and you forget who you are and you're fully immersed in the Olympic experience. I've got to be honest with you. I kind of wish Braden was sitting next to me on the couch because I want to know what, what, what he thinks about this event. Well, now, uh, today's podcast is brought, by, brought to you by Daniel Takata's Olympic Guide. And if you had your Olympic Guide open, you would see that neither Maggie McNeil nor Tori Husk is the top seed. Um, China's Zhang Yufei is the top seed. And, uh, you know, I... I could see one of those three missing the podium. You know, you got to have confidence in Maggie McNeil because she has shown us several times that she can go fast and then go faster. Um, she, she always swims well at the big meets and everybody likes to think that their favorite swimmer always swims well at the big meets, but the reality is many of them don't. And Maggie has over and over again, stepped up at the big meets. So I'd pick her um, with probably Zhang from China second. And then, Tori's tough. We don't have a lot of data points on how she might follow up. You know, she doesn't have the conference uh, NCAA background. We don't know how she's going to follow up the, the time from trials. And so if I had to pick one of those three to miss the, t- the podium, it would probably be her. I'm going to call it differently. I'm calling it differently. Yeah. Ma- Maggie, yeah. Maggie wins. Maggie wins gold. Uh, uh, Emma, silver. I see husk. Um, battling for 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 the podium and uh, and squeaking onto the podium, um, but now how many times are you going to pick Australians to beat the Americans today? I, I well, I, yeah. You're going to have to return your gold medals. They're going to ask for them back. I, I I'll have them sitting. I'll have them ready to be FedExed back to my peers. I'm with you guys. I don't think Showstrom <clears throat> swims this. I think she put up a solid hunter fly in Rome enough to enough for a for a Greg Troy style entry of hey let, let let let's put it in and then scratch it at the last minute uh, and focus on her real chance or, or her better chances I should say in the 150 free. Um, moving on from the hunter fly, women's 400 free is all about Ledecky versus Titmus round one. And this is really the middle ground for them in 2019. Obviously, we saw Titmus upset Ledecky at the World Championships. Um, Titmus seems to have a, a, some, a little bit more natural speed. She was 153 low at trials. Uh, Ledecky obviously has the distance prowess, goes up to the mile while Titmus stops the 800. So this is their middle ground race. I think this... I think round one will be possibly the, the closest of their three matchups. What do you guys see here? I, you know, I think it's, first of all, just great that we have a race with Katie Ledecky in it again, because I think it's hard to appreciate when she's winning by 25 meters. Um, it's hard to appreciate how good she is when she's just blowing everybody out of the water. And I think this is an opportunity for her to prove herself as a 
air quotes racer um, and, and see if she can win when she's seriously challenged, because this is going to be the biggest, one of the biggest challenges, you know, aside from 2019 when she wasn't, when she was sick and all the, the, the health issues she was having, but this is going to be a big challenge. And it's, it's the same conversation as I think a lot of the races, especially on the women's side are going to be, it's, do we think Australia can carry it forward to the games? That's, going to be a theme of these Olympics. Um, Ledecky, I, Ledecky didn't need to be great at U.S. trials, but she also didn't look great. And so you can, the, that, again, the argument over here is, oh, Ledecky will turn it on when she needs to. She'll turn it on when she needs to. Um, I, I think Titmus has the momentum. And I think, I think young and momentum and something to prove is going to mean a lot at these Olympics coming out of the pandemic. I just, it's hard to see Titmus getting beat based on what we saw from Ledecky at trials. But again, we, we don't know what Australia is going to do um, on this short turnaround. It's, it's like their national DNA, their coaches don't have experience with this because this is the first year they've tried this, this short turnaround on trials. So we'll see how they handle it. But right now it's hard to, hard to ignore her momentum. This, this makes me think of the conversation we just had in the last week with, with Ryan Murphy. And it's like, Ryan, we know that, that, that Katie Ledecky trained through trials, but did you like talk to her and like, you know, like what was she, was she, you know, was she working out in the morning? Was she putting up 6,000 meters a day or, you know, or, or did she just, you know, she just trained hard up until trials when she left. And he's like, no, Mel wasn't standing outside her hotel room asking her those questions. Cause that would be like a 16 year old boy who just made the national team. But, I would have done that. This is the deal. Only only one person on earth that I can think of who, who who's from a from a top swimming nation did what she did, which is like shoulder shrug. I'm just going to roll through trials, and uh, it makes me think that she's done the work. It makes me think that the base is in place, and it makes me think that she's so dialed in um, that we're taking her for granted again. So I'm calling Decky. And uh, I also think I've also felt for a long time that she's capable of putting a time up in one particular event or, you know, it's, it's never, it's never all of them, but it's in, in one particular race, I could see her putting a time that is eye popping. My hope is that it's a 400 free. Uh, I'd love to see her put something out there where everyone's jaw goes slack and it's like, whoa, what? 355. Are you kidding me? But um, oh, Mel. Mel, Mel, answer this. Who do you think the oldest top 16 seed in the women's 400 free at the Olympics is? Is it Ledecky? It's Ledecky. I mean, these races are a young swimmer's race. She is 24 years and 130 days old as of the start of the Olympics. Yeah, so he is the oldest. Uh, but you there, there's a lot of science, there's a lot of data behind the facts. And we see this in, in, in all sports where if you actually do the work, you build aerobic base and you build power and you can do it into your thirties. If you're consistent, it just takes enormous discipline. The problem with swimmers is that we're in this environment where you, you're, 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 you know, it's silent, you're alone, it's harder. And it's uh, and that's why we see people sort of wane as they get older. No, I think, I think, that, you, but I mean, when you look at the Stanford group, they, they struggled with that in the last year, based on results, that was a challenge for them. And Ledecky, we know is a different, a different breed of swimmer. She's uh, got a different mentality, but 
there's a, there's a lot of evidence to support Ledecky not winning this race. And of course, Ledecky has made a career on beating the evidence. Um, but there's, it's, it's not a bad pick to not pick Ledecky in this race for the first time in a long time. If you'd talked about this first, I might have done it differently. But since you called me out and said I'm picking Australians to win, I had to, I had to, I had to back, I had to back <laughs> off. See, so you completely manipulated me, but that's fine. Let's move on. <laughs> we're, we're moving on. We're finally getting to a men's race. I think the first really big men's race that's like kind of a question mark is, is the men's 403 relay. I don't, and I don't even know if it's a question mark. The question is, can anyone dethrone us, the USA? Uh, because I think we've we've won this for the last since sixteen. I think we've been undefeated. Is that right? I mean, I got we got DQ'd right at Pan Packs, but Thanks. yes, yeah, the infamous DQ. <laughs> right, we got DQ'd for for swimming in the out of way. order. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even a false start. So yeah, I, we we've we've put up the fastest time, um, and even in two thousand nineteen. Our B, time, our B team at World U Games, I think, would have either medaled or gotten fourth at World Champs. Um, so it's like we, we've become quite deep in, in the men's 100 free specifically. Can, is anyone, I'm, I'm sure someone will challenge us. Will anyone beat us? Yeah, there's all this talk about will the U.S. win a men's relay? Will they, I mean, Will the U.S. win any relay? Probably. Will the we'll probably win the mixed medley. But will the U.S. men win a relay? And this has got to be on paper the I'd say the best shot. I think there's a better shot than the 400 medley relay. Maybe you guys disagree. Um, but Russia with Clement Kolesnikov um, coming kind of he he had some health um, some injury problems and he he's seeming to come into his own and fulfill the prophecies that he had as a teenager. Um, and it's, it's funny because for Russia, the question mark leg is Vlad Morozov. And you never thought you'd say that Vlad Morozov would be the question mark leg for a Russian relay, but they've got three really great legs and he has not been great. He's been training in the U S he, he and uh, Yulia Efimova are joining the team late. Um, so they're skipping the training camps. Um, so it's, I think Vlad is the one who can beat the U S it's, I think it's squarely on his shoulders. If he swims a splits of 47, six, I think Russia wins it. Oh man, that analysis is fantastic. And it makes me think back to 2016 when the Russians went through all of the, the, the doping drama. And, uh, I think they have a lot to prove here. But I do think that this is, is the mixed medley relay and the four by one freestyle relay is, is, is that's that I, I think this is team USA. It's hard to overcome. I just don't think it's possible. Uh, but also Vlad Morozov, I don't see him. I see him performing on a relay in these circumstances with so much to prove, but I still don't think it's enough to overcome team USA. You're smiling. Oh, no, 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 I, he, you, here's the thing. We'll let the audience in on something. I, I don't know what I think. I never know what I think until I talk to Braden first. So you, you tell me, Braden. I, you know, the U.S. has some good legs. I think a Ryan Held 47 would have, would have made me more confident in them. Um, 
I think the U.S. has a really tough decision to make on their finals relay. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the coaching staffs in this one to put the right relay up there. Um, and I think there's a chance they could miss. Um, I don't know. Either one could win. <laughs> we'll find out. I, right? I mean, thinking, breaking down the U.S.'s relay, <clears throat> yeah, it's like we don't have Nathan. We don't have Ryan Hill. They've been, well, they've both been dependable when they've been on the national teams. Uh, Dressel leadoff, not worried about that. Although he historically, he does get faster throughout the meet. So he, he's almost always his slowest time of the meet leading off the 400 free relay. So that's something, you know, but, but he will still go fast. I think, you know, I, I'm guessing he'll go 47 mid. Um, then let's say we have Apple at an anchor and we have Peroni third. And I, I'm confident with those legs. But then we have that that fourth spot to fill, as Braden was alluding to. That's going to be a coaching decision. We have Bo Becker and Brooks Curry, who both made the team for the for the relay. Obviously, there'll be prelim swimmers. Is there is there anyone else who didn't make it in that hundred free who you think they would put on the finals relay or who could even maybe swim a prelims relay? I don't think we have that this year. You know, that's in the post Phelps era. I think we've lost a lot of that that sort of wild card to throw in there. Um, you know, you counter with the Russians. Kolesnikov was faster at his trials than Dressel was. Minikov was... Um, 47.5 late last year, and he's young. Um, Grenad's 47.8, and I think he's been 47.5, and then Vlad at 48.00. I mean, if you're counting on the U.S. on Bo Becker or Brooks Curry, the guys without a lot of international experience, those are guys who probably sold out at trials to make the team. Um, you know, Bo Becker has has arthritis that that flares, so that's a, that's an unknown for the Americans that they'll have to deal with. I I don't know, man. The the like when you look at it, you want to pick the Americans, especially with Dressel as as sort of the ace card. But when you look through the one to four, and you get to four, and you ask, do I trust Vlad or do I trust Brooks Curry, who is a great swimmer and and has a great future, but feels like maybe Paris is his time I if it comes down to that I'm taking Vlad Morozov Russell leads off in, under a uh, sub 47 Apple is going to anchor he is he's going <laughs> to dip under 47 this guy was grinning through trials every single race he'd finish that race he's barely breathing he turns around looks at the camera the dude grins I've never seen anyone do that at trials before it's like, it's like he was, there was like some private little secret, which is I have this massive muscle mass. I've dropped a 344, 400 yard, yard IM and 140, 200 fly like months ago, unshaven. And I'm only rested for three weeks. I got three more weeks of rest in me. So I think that, I think that that is, that there's a possibility that he goes, that he's right under 47 on a leadoff. And uh, I think Apple's, I think Apple, I think Apple's a star. I think he's a leader and I, I see him anchoring at, what was his last, what was his best anchor? Was it a 46, six, eight. 46, eight. Yeah. I mean, if he's around 46 mid, uh, it's pretty tight. Which a big call though. 
46 mid the big call i mean you can do 46 mid if you're riding somebody's wake but can you do it if you've got a lead we're gonna have another duncan scott rundown are we why we're not even talking about the brits yeah do we yeah. we don't have confidence in the brits i again i it's like you were saying Braden. i think for britain their four leg is yeah. is just not there yet they because, because obviously they have the young talent then the rising stars to uh to get there but yeah it's like they have duncan they have tom dean who's solid james guy who's solid and then i think there is there for jacob whittle yeah matt richards or jacob whittle okay. it, you know that'll be probably a game time decision but you know one of them could pop if one of them Popovici's the race and just goes 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 because those are the that's the comparison, right? That's the group of three. That's the future of spring. If one of them Popovici's the race. Then we have a whole different conversation. Agreed. Yeah, and that could be that could be a game changer for Britain, obviously. But it's a foreign free relay. <laughs> We're divided, but up in the air. Uh, the last race I want to talk about on this podcast is the women's hundred backstroke. And again, Australia is leading that one uh, with Kayla McEwen. But then we've got Kylie Moss, who's been 57. We've got Reagan, obviously, former world record holder, also 57. Um, and then, and, and that's just the top of the field. Um, what, do, what are you seeing in this race? This is going to be such a good race. Um, you know, I think U.S. trials with Kathleen Baker's injury maybe was a little bit of a letdown. Um, but you know, it's, I think it's such a good race. There's the knowns there's, you know, we can't forget about Kira Toussaint, who's the eighth seed, who was breaking world records and short course left and right. Um, you know, there's, there's 10 swimmers, 10 or 12 swimmers in this who could easily medal. And some of them are not going to make the final, um, Kylie Moss is, I think continues to be underrated, um, out of Canada because she, I don't know why, um, Kaylee McEwen, I, I would pick to win, but I think there's going to be a whole lot of 57s in this field. Kathleen Dawson has a lot of momentum. The, the Scottish backstroker, who is, again, one of these swimmers who is dropping, dropping, dropping. Every time she swims, it feels like she's breaking a record. Um, I, I, I'd pick Kaylee McEwen to, to win it, and then after that, it's, it's, it's going to go a dozen, dozen different ways. This is one that's going to separate people in the swim, swim, pick them contest. Um, Taylor Ruck, I'd maybe, I'd, among the top seeds is the one I would probably have less confidence in just because she struggled at trials. Um, and, and what we know about Canada having a pretty tough lockdown, but I don't know. I'll let, I'll let Mel pick this one and I won't give him a hard time for it. Here at Toussaint, Vol makes the podium. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, now loves more than Americans, <laughs> our Tennessee volunteers. Uh, I, I'm an alum. I, I'm going to, as a journalist, I would like to disclose that, that I'm an alum. So yeah. how do you feel about Alabama Crimson Tide swimmer Ryan White? She's an American, but she swam for Alabama. I, my next allegiance is to the SEC. She also makes the podium. <laughs> no, this is no, – here, here, I, I – I, <laughs> I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of Tucson, obviously, um, you know, just follow her social beaming, super cool person. Uh, just, a, just a big entertainer in terms of a performer. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think she has it in, in the, in the long pool, the long pool's not there. I'm with you. 
I don't see anybody beating McEwen. It's just not, it's not there. I do see Massey. Um, I see Ma- Massey threatening for goal, but I don't think she has enough to, to edge McEwen. I'm concerned about Reagan. Um, Reagan was Reagan, when, when Reagan did what she did at 2019 world championships, I thought in the hundred back 53, 57, three, two Oh three. What was she go through? Two Oh three, three. Sure. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. I, I, when I saw those swims, I was just, you know, it, it, everything falls away. And I'm like, I think we witnessed a moment like Mary T Maher back in 1980 and 1981 in the 200 fly and the hundred fly. I thought it was that fast. I thought it was that much. Those were that I thought they were outlier performances. Uh, I cannot believe how wrong I was. And uh, I cannot believe we're in a situation where I'm going, if she makes the podium, you know, as, as someone who would be cheering for a Team USA team, uh, I, I would call, I'd call a bronze medalist success. I think she's in the fight for her life to make the podium. I could see Ryan White making the podium. She's on fire. I'm not going to disagree with the Ryan White point. I think you're both wrong. I think in terms of momentum for this period, for this pocket of time, Reagan Reagan has nothing to lose at this point. She made the Olympic team. You could tell when she made the 100 back. You saw it on her face. There was just so much relief. She had a lot of pressure to make that team, her first Olympic team. And she swam Every day of trials, aside from the last day, she swam seven days in a row, you know, half of those prelims finals, half of those just finals. So she had an event every day. So by the time she got to the tour and back, she was toast. And, and I, and we obviously saw that uh, by her getting third. So I think coming off of training camp, like, like, like you guys alluded to, she was having fun. She's with a big group of teenagers on team USA. She's with her peers she can let her hair down. She, she's gotten to relax and she knows what she needs to focus on now. Hunter back to fly. She only has two events to worry about. Whereas McEwen is plus the, on, relay. Plus the relay. Yeah. But it's, it's like, she knows what she's doing. McEwen three events. Uh, and, and she's got a ton of pressure. I mean, she, she has taken over that limelight from Reagan Smith literally with with by breaking her world record by only a tenth by the way um and although it was albeit it was this year only a tenth (laughs) hey i'm just i'm just saying it wasn't like by a second um so i'm saying McEwen's in that limelight now she's never been there before and 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 i'm i'm guessing she's feeling a little more pressure whereas reagan like mel said it's like expectations are kind of low now it's like oh if you if you medal thumbs up so i think reagan takes it i think reagan kylie, takes it we can't forget that kylie moss is the world record or the the defending world champion and time right um yeah and she won a best time this year which not I'm a lot confused. of swimmers have reagan certainly hasn't i'm confused did did coleman just pick reagan to win yeah, yeah. <laughs> move on <laughs> so 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 that's that's it for for this podcast those were our highlights for the first three days of the 2021 olympic games stay tuned because we will be previewing all five of the rest of the days of those olympic games until then tune in to swim swim
You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.